Hello, hello out there in podcast land. It's me, your host of EAC Speaks, Eddie, and I am more than thrilled to be bringing you July's episode. We made it through the year, y'all. We are halfway through, officially over halfway through. And today's guest is going to also bring that excitement. So if you can't tell, I'm excited for this guest. Everybody, I want you to give a thunderous round of virtual applause to Dre. Hey. Oh, I hear all the applause already. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> if only we had a virtual audience, too. <laughs> right. That'd be dope. So, Dre, Tell people a little bit about yourself. Well, hello, hello. My name is Dre, and I am one of the community health workers with Engaging Arkansas here out of the central Arkansas area. Um, I've been in this field about, um, I, I won't do numbers because I'm not good at quick counting, but mm-hmm. since November uh, of last year, and it's been a very exciting journey so thus far. That's just a little bit about me. I won't go into details because I can go on and on. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So I'm not going to count either, but that, you're coming up on a year, not too soon. <laughs> yes, it doesn't even feel like it yet. So how did you like get into the work? Well, um, I got interested in doing the work because of when I was recently diagnosed back in uh October of last year it was kind of like an awakening for me so um, I automatically just got into the work because something about doing this type of work is not only therapeutic for the people that we are impacting but it sometimes can be therapeutic for yourself as well and that's what I found joy in finding healing and helping other people that was in like-minded situations such as myself. That's cool. So tell us a little bit about the work that you do. So what do you do on like a day-to-day basis? Yes. So on a day-to-day basis, uh, the work varies. Uh, when you're doing the Lord's work, you can never just, you know, pinpoint what you're going to do or what is going to be thrown at you. But on a day-to-day, typically what we do or what I do is I do HIV and STI testing. Uh, and sometimes if we're not doing testing, and sometimes we'll just go places or I'll go places and to outreach or sexual health education just to educate our community of how to have healthy sex because you know let's be real telling people not to have sex in these days is kind of uncanny it's like you know (laughs) so we want to just take away from the fact of don't do it but how to do it and in a safe manner and also uh you'll find me sometimes out in the community passing out free condoms uh just any way possible to just promote safe sex that's cool and recently we commemorated national hiv testing day and i saw that y'all were doing some amazing work in the community want to tell us about that Absolutely. So HIV National Testing Day, of course, um, all of us that was in um, in the form of engaging Arkansas communities were in different areas in Arkansas. And we were posted up at different Walgreens locations, just giving awareness and free HIV testing, as well as promoting our name as well as to let you guys know that there is a place that you can come to that is private, that you can get tested. There's no reason why that you should feel, uh, you know, nervous or ashamed or even shy about knowing. 
And one thing about it, I used to be that person that was scared to go because, oh, I don't want to go to the doctor or the clinic because I might see someone I know or anything like that. One amazing thing that I do uh, love about uh, our job and what we offer is privacy and uh, comfort. You can get privately tested with just you and the consultant. And that brings a lot of comfortness as well and comfortability of knowing your status. That's amazing. I love that um, we have a sense of community with EAC. So tell me, what does community mean to you? Community means to me family. Uh, I don't see a stranger. I just see when you look at other people, that is your community. That's your brother. That's your sister. And not to preach, but we are our brother's keeper. So therefore, I don't I consider community just simply family, people that you would treat people what well, people that you would treat as you would like to be treated. And when you treat your community the way that you can that you would like to be treated, then you find yourself finding them to be family at times. So that's what community means to me. Family and love. I love that. <laughs> So in our community, we know that um, stigma is one of the biggest, biggest barriers for folks to get tested, to -hmm. get into care, to even want to ask about HIV. So how do you tackle stigma in the community? Uh, I meet it where it is. It just depends on the um, on the the situation or the environment that I'm placed at where the stigma is happening. Once I identify what the stigma is, then we tackle it head on. We address it. Um, I just don't allow it to just, you know, to to fester. And sometimes when we have uh, the stigma, then when we're placed in that box, then I will go ahead and go above and beyond for to prove around to my surroundings that that stigma that was placed upon us is not very much so. So to I believe to end the stigma is to be an example of what the stigma is not placed upon us. Mm, yeah, I love that. And you mentioned um, meeting stigma where it is. So, of course, EAC meets folks where they are because we're across the entire state. Now, tell me, what's the importance of meeting people where they are? If you don't meet people where they are, then for one, um, they don't feel like you're interested in helping. Mm. You have to be real judge-free in this type of work and in in this type of genre of work I would say because you never know what people are going through and that's just when life period you can't just place judgment and when you meet people where they are then and only then process and progress starts to happen if you can't identify the issue or where the issue is starting or where the need is needed at then there's no point even attempting to because what you do will be obsolete in most cases, because you're not knowing what you're dealing with. So when I say dealing with, meaning where you're working at, where we're working from. So once you meet, once you meet that person where they are at that need at that particular moment, then knowing is half the battle. You are already on your way to winning. Yes, of course, because when you know how to help serve someone, then you're moving into a place that treats them holistically as well. So I think that's a really important um, fact. Now, earlier you mentioned that you do um, sex talks as well. Now, we know that sex is another thing that's judged very heavily in our state. 
So mm-hmm. what are some of the messages that you share when talking about sex? Um, one of the messages uh, that always stands out to me is that um, I just ask everyone, how do you think that you are, you are here today? Of course, you know, through God's grace and mercy, we're here. However, how do you feel as though that you are you were created, like you were put or brought into this world? And of course, that kind of opens the door up a little bit. Sex, of course, we have to have sex to reprocreate. So um, that's kind of like an icebreaker. And then I'll just move on to my different subjects. And once again, just reading that room of that crowd, uh, because like you stated, in our state, uh, whether or not that this rapidly every day in our state, and it's something that's kind of been swept under the rug or uh People, you know, sometimes when you bring that subject up, it gets a little uncomfortable and a little Mm -hmm. personal, but it's something that's definitely needed to be spoken on and addressed. So um, when I tackle those subjects, I just open up with a little nice icebreaker and it typically gets people to start opening their minds and then to where they're opening their mouths at that point to give their input as well. Cool. And now... When we're talking about sex, it's easy for folks to kind of be misinformed. So what are some of the common misconceptions that you've heard? Um, I Some of the misconceptions I've heard were, uh, of course, the rumor that you can uh, get a diagnostics from kissing or as far as, uh, as far as the diagnostics of HIV or the big stigma is, oh, if you kiss someone, then therefore you're at risk. And I hear that more than often now than I've heard it growing up. And I'm like, wow. And it just blows my mind. So I automatically want to say, well, no, these are, and it start educating, educating at that moment and allowing people to know how you can actually put yourself, how you are at risk versus what you've been told, how you've been at risk, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it makes sense. Definitely does. So when we're um, sharing our message, one of the things that we try to do is reach to folks at a younger age. So that way people can share with their communities, because as we know, younger folks are also um, vulnerable to HIV and are um, being transmitted at an alarming rate as well. So why is it important that we talk to young folks when we're talking about HIV and advocacy? That's a very great question, Eddie. And I feel like it starts with the youth. With the youth, it's very important to start at the root of the issue, as well. To I feel as though if we are uh, looking at the same goal as far as uh, ending the pan- uh, the pandemic or the epidemic rather of HIV, then it starts with starting with the youth because if they're not educated then if we're only educating the a certain crowd which is the more adults then therefore that's only one half of the generation that knows information but if we educate the younger generation then when they become our age then therefore it starts a flow to where we can see those numbers going down only through the fact that they've been educated at a young age Mm, absolutely. Now, we know that there's this big initiative called EHE, NMHIV Epidemic Initiative, but what do you think it'll actually take to ultimately end the HIV epidemic? 
honestly, in my opinion, what I feel is though that will end the HIV epidemic is awareness. And that it would take only for not one person, but all of us to get educated and then start educating everyone else. Uh, one can chase 1,000, two can chase 10,000. And that's, and that might go over a little, pe- a lot of people's heads, but that's a, a biblical scripture. But it's very true. Each one teach one. If everyone is educating everyone and they're practicing safe sex and they have those proper information and their proper tools of having safe sex, then Therefore, if we can see those numbers, go ahead and start dwindling down only because people are educated and they're actually putting in the work to stay safe. So it, does, it takes a village. It takes everyone with the same mind frame to want to go ahead and end this epidemic and be educated of how to continue to have safe sex. And if they don't know, then it's the person's job that do know to educate the ones that doesn't. I love that you said from awareness to action, basically. Yes. Because when we know better, we do better, like you said. But come on, there is a place that <laughs> there's a place <laughs> that folks have to be. Um, you can't be willfully unaware. So you mm. have to be aware of something in order to change your behavior. And some folks just don't know that their behavior puts them um, at a closer rate of being. Um, becoming HIV positive. So, yeah, it's just a lot of work. I love that. I love, 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 love the work yes. that we're doing at the EAC. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Life changing. You've done some amazing things already within your less than a year there. Talk to me about some of the places that you've traveled to do your work across Arkansas. Oh, boy. Uh, it seems like in this small amount of time that uh, I've been here, I've seen more of Arkansas than I've seen in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> We've been everywhere. Uh, I, what I will say, one of the most memorable ones that uh, one one of the memorable places that we've tested at was one of the first places I've ever went was at Jericho Way. And it was kind of like my confirmation that I am at the right place at the right time because literally the third person that I tested was an old classmate of mine. And I had a mask on, so uh, they couldn't you know, see too much of my face, but they called me by my first and last name and it immediately got my attention. So I'm like... So when I looked at the person and I recognized who they were and I saw how they, you know, when you see someone from yet you haven't seen over years and then you see like, whoa, and then you see what predicament that you're in and it kind of hit for home because that was home for me. And at the end of testing him, he looked me in my eye and said, I'm trying to get like you. And I was like, wow, it almost brought a tear to my eye. And I said, no, man, get better than me. Do Mm. better than me. And so from then, that gave me my confirmation. And from here on out, if I ever second guess if God has not placed me, if God has placed me at this place for at the wrong time or not at the right time or however the case may be, I go back to that memory alone. And it tells me, no, Dre, you are at the right place at the right time. And that was my confirmation. And ever since then, when I get low or, you know, a little bit of uh, worry or antsy or apprehensive about things or, or however the case may be, I'll go back and remember that purpose. I remember how he looked me in my eyes and said, I'm trying to get like you. That means I'm doing something. We're doing something great. And that means only that that's motivation for me to continue going. 
Mm. So how does that feel for you in that sense of knowing that you're inspiring someone and that's just someone that you do? Right. Just imagine the people that I don't know that I aspire. It's mind blowing every day. Um, and my grandmother always taught me that Dre, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. Because people are watching you, whether or not that you know it or not, or you're aware, just be caught doing good. So what makes me feel great about that is that people are seeing me doing well and they're finding a message out of it and it's inspiring them to want to be better. And that's an inspiration to me that I can be an inspiration. That's amazing. So we know that we just had National HIV Testing Day. Um, now, what other events do you have coming up? Uh, and next month, we will be going to uh, a place in Conway, Arkansas, entitled Bethlehem House. That is a place that um, that are for um, uh, for homeless families to go to, and kind of it's kind of like a turnaround program to get them on their feet and going. So we'll be going there to do annual testing. Um, there um i'm not quite sure of the date as of yet but that will be sometime in july so stay tuned to that um and we also have testing in little rock at jericho way not sure of that date as well but it will be happening in july so stay tuned we got a lot of great things in july busy 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 (laughs) busy busy that's amazing tell me about some of your goals for the rest of the year what do you have planned You know, um, this is a far-fetched goal, um, and it might not come into pass this year. However, it is a goal. One of these days, I want to see a play be put on uh, to kind of bring a face to what we're trying to uh, push out with the message of how to prevent uh, HIV. So I've been brainstorming on that And I don't know if that'll come to pass this year, but that's something that if anyone knows any information or has suggestions, I'm open to that because it's a work in progress. It's a blessing in progress. But before the end of the year, I want to put together just a support group uh, of the different clients that we've actually serviced over the year and just throw a party of appreciation to show them that they're loved. So I'm thinking maybe around like October, it's a little hot outside, yeah. So we're going to let it cool out for right. a little bit, maybe about August or something. I want to put together just a celebration party of whom we are so we can just celebrate together because all this work, sometimes you just have to have a little fun. So that's what I'm thinking about doing. That's cool. Well, you know, Eddie loved the arts, so let me yes. know if you need some help about that play, baby. Yes, we'll definitely <laughs> be talking on the back. <laughs> That's cool. So let's talk more about you. So how do you take care of yourself? How does Dre do self-care? Okay, sometimes... um just randomly when I'm having, you know, an overwhelming day, I'll go to the park and just go for a walk and just get some fresh air and meditate and just turn my phone off, actually leave it in the car. And, you know, I'll just take that 20 to 30 minutes, sometime an hour walk just to mentally digest. Um, and also, um, I also go to therapy. I have a therapist that I go to and I speak with them as well. That's a great outlet, um, especially when um, in this type of work, 
um, a lot of people do depend on you. And that can sometimes, you know, uh, can get a little heavy. Not saying that it's not doable. It could just get heavy sometimes. So therapy is a good way to just unload and, and just mentally, you know, wash out all of the the negativity to where you can stay in a positive realm to do your to do your work also what I like to do um as far as self-care I love going on trips um just just I'm the type of person if it's Friday and we're off for the weekend I don't have anything to do I'm getting in the car, I'm driving. I don't know where I'm going to end up. I might end up in Branson or somewhere. Some I don't know. I just might end up somewhere this weekend. It's July 4th weekend. Hey. We know you ain't <laughs> so, ended up in Memphis. Well, listen. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I wasn't, I didn't get an invite yet. Oh, so. child. <laughs> <laughs> but also uh, for self-care, um, I like to go to the... Uh, go get my feet done sometime let them rub on my feet and stuff child just you know just stuff to make you feel good about yourself to just even if it's just going to shop going to shopping and buying me a shirt or a pair of pants or some shoes or something just to reward myself because I feel like that's definitely needed Mm -hmm. that's great I love that so talk to me about some of your passions outside of HIV Mm, my family uh my family is my passion that's my world um my, i have well now i have three beautiful nieces so i don't see myself having kids no time soon <laughs> you got so, your hands full <laughs> listen, i definitely have my hands full but my family is my passion and going to church is my passion as well between those two it keep me rounded and rooted that's amazing i and love I that i sing as well so that's my passion, I could say as well. Mm-hmm. Music, the universal language. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dre, this has been such an awesome episode. But what I want to know is, do you have um, before that? Let, let me ask: Where can okay. people find you? Well, you can find me. Um, you can typically find me somewhere in traffic because I'm probably doing the Lord's work. Uh, when that comes down to EAC, we're always moving parts, but that was just a joke. But you can find me uh, here at the office, mostly in Little Rock, Arkansas. It's 6917 Geyer Springs Road. You can find me here. Come on down, get a test done. You can walk in and do it. It comes between the hours of 8 and 3, and we can get you taken care of. You can also find me on social media uh, I don't know if my name will be tech. I'm sure it will. You can find me there. Yeah, I'm not hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> There's not hard to find down there in Central Arkansas. Absolutely. I love that. Now, tell us, do you have any parting words for us? Um, my parting words would just be, be you, be yourself, be true to yourself. If you're not true to yourself, then you can't be true to other people. So be yourself, be you, be yourself unapologetically. Don't allow anyone to tell you who you are. You be who you are after you find who you are. Yes, be you in a world where you can be anybody. Be, be yourself. yourself. I Okay, e <laughs> You are such a delight, Dre. I am so grateful that we have this opportunity to chat. Um, it's been amazing. 
It is. And you're amazing as well. And shout out to you, Eddie, for all the amazing work that you have done thus far and that the Lord is going to bless you to continue to do as well. We love to see it. Oh, thank you, Dre. I love to see it. I love to see you doing such amazing work as well. It's been such a full circle moment for me when I see my people from before advocacy come in and do advocacy work. So kudos to you for coming in and doing the work. (laughs) Thank you so much. And if you're out there listening and you'd like to get involved, there is a chance for you to volunteer, a chance for you, maybe some career opportunities. Check out engagingarkansas.org to find anything related to Engaging Arkansas communities. Definitely follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, things. And yeah, until the next time, it's Eddie. Say ciao, Dre. Ciao, everyone. Take care, Eddie. The EAC Speaks podcast is partially supported by the Arkansas Department of Health through a grant funded in part by the CDC. All discussion is solely the responsibility of each participant and doesn't necessarily represent the official views of Engaging Arkansas Communities, the Arkansas Department of Health, CDC, or the U.S. government.